pictures out front as fast as you can. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Out of my way, eight ball. Who wants to get in your way? Hey, you wait a minute. What you want? Where'd you get that gold brooch? You mean this scrumptious piece of jewelry? Yeah, where'd you get it? Just give it to me. Who gave it to you? Ask me no questions and I'll tell you no lies. <laughs> oh, Mammy, Mammy. You've been brave so long, Miss Scarlett. You just gotta go on being brave. Think about your Paul like he used to be. I can't think about Paul. Can't think of anything but that $300. Ain't no good thing about that, Miss Scarlett. Ain't nobody got that much money. Today, I done read the tea leaves for you, Miss Levy. You keep on drinking tea like that, and you're going to turn as yellow as a canary. Oh, onions. Oh, I made the wish. You're going to get that wish all wide before it comes true. Here we is, you and me, asking our portion from the tea. Look in the cup, and I'll see what I see. Now, now, what's this I see? What's this? Appears to be like a bird. He strikes against him. Oh, never mind, Bula. There's a sandwich in the bread box, Donnie. Now, tell me, what happened? Well, I found out the contest is... Loaded with chocolate cakes, and so I switched to a lady Baltimore. Listen, Hattie McDaniel, man, she was the first. Think about that. That's wild. You know, she almost didn't get even invited. They put her way in the corner. Way in the corner in the back. And then she won. Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science, fellow members of the motion picture industry, and honored guests. This is one of the happiest moments of my life. And I want to thank each one of you who had a part in selecting me for one of their awards. I sincerely hope I shall always be a credit to my race and to the motion picture industry. My heart is too full to tell you just how I feel. And may I say thank you and God bless you. She was the first, and Sydney was the second. The winner is Sydney Portray. It's a lot of white people in between. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time. 
and this is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, and welcome to Black History Month, or although I think every day of the year is black, brown, Asian history. It shouldn't just be one month. That, of course, is Whoopi Goldberg talking about Miss Hattie McDaniel. Hattie McDaniel was the first, the first black actress ever to win an Academy Award. She was not invited to the premiere in Atlanta. This pissed off Clark Gable. And she said, no, you need to go. There's an interesting history behind that first Oscar. She got a lot of flack for playing a maid, for playing a mammy. And she said, and I quote, I would rather play a maid than be one. Because she made a lot of money playing those roles in Hollywood. So much so that there was, there was, um, maybe it was different generation. Maybe her and Butterfly McQueen disagreed. And Butterfly McQueen did not like being Gone with the Wind. And she hated the movie, understandably so. And Hattie McDaniel said to her, you're not coming back to Hollywood. You complain too much. Because Hattie McDaniel liked getting the work. Even though the community didn't like that she was playing mammies. And then what happens? Lena Horne is the first African-American actress signed to a long-term movie contract. Now, she stipulates that she will not play stereotypical mammy roles, um... You know, Tarzan roles where she's running around in a leopard skin bikini, as her father had said. And so there's a story that is told, and this really happened. Uh, Lena Horne went to go visit Hattie McDaniel. And Hattie McDaniel's home was just exquisite. She had taste. She had good taste. She knew what to do with her money. And she said, I just want to let you know, I support you. I support this change that you want to bring to Hollywood. She says, but just know that in my home, she says, I may play a maid on screen, but in my home, I'm Hattie McDaniel. And so the fact that she supported Lena Horne in this change, um, which was, it was positive. Now, unfortunately, there's been stuff said about Hattie McDaniel's Oscar that it was thrown into the river. Um, uh, because of protest, but we cannot deny that she, I mean, if you, if you watch, that's the thing with these supporting roles, usually it's a lead role, a lead supporting role, and Hattie McDaniel is in almost every frame of Gone with the Wind. I mean, there, there are moments between her and Olivia de Havilland and Vivian Lee and Clark Gable. I mean, her performance stands out. She's the only one who can put Scarlett O'Hara in her place because she helped raise her. She is more of a mother to Scarlett O'Hara than Scarlett O'Hara's own mother, Miss O'Hara. So the fact that Hattie McDaniel won that Oscar... And then decades later, Sidney Poitier wins an Oscar. He's the second. 
Okay. He is the second. In fact, Hattie McDaniel was the only black actress ever to win an Oscar for 50 years. And then 50 years later, Whoopi Goldberg won a supporting Oscar. The only actress ever to win best lead is uh, Halle Berry. So since 2002, there's only been one black actress to win lead actress. Last year, Will Smith, I mean, slap, slap aside, won Best Actor. So, yeah. Hollywood still has a major problem. And I think people look back at Hattie McDaniel. You know, they, they and, and this is understandably so. It is problematic. They look at Gone with the Wind as very problematic. And it's, and it's a film. I mean, the book, I, I have a really good friend... I'll I'll I'll, sh- I'll give her a shout out, Dana. We went to college together. So sweet. She read Gone with the Wind, and she told me that the book, and there's even a sequel. There's you know I think it's the unofficial sequel, Scarlet. Um, but uh, she told me that the book is a lot in terms of the language and in terms of the situations that they couldn't film. So the film, and also the film was this big Technicolor spectacle. It was released in 1939, probably the most successful year in films. The golden age of Hollywood, the ho- that standard. And, um, you know, I mean, if you look at films now, you could remake Gone with the Wind. You can make it, remake it with an all-black cast. You really could. Would that change the whole meaning of the film? I mean, you know. And then you have a really great comedian who told the truth like Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney often joked and said that Hattie McDaniel came back as Oprah to get her money. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, the film... The film now has, like, you know, just a warning about the situations. And this is... And and it's problematic. And because rather that you cannot cancel the film. You cannot cancel the film. You cannot just say, oh, this didn't happen. It's just like Hitler and what he did during World War II. You cannot hide that. It happened. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. So that era, and, and it shouldn't be glamorized. It really should not. But I think we can see that shining light of Hattie McDaniel's character, Mammy. Because she put Scarlett O'Hare in her place. No one else could. Not even her own mother, not even her own father. And Hattie McDaniel's character followed her throughout this film, looking after her because that was what she did. Scarlett O'Hara, that was her, her child. That was that was her job in life was to make sure Scarlett was safe, and Hattie McDaniel played it so I mean so magnificently. We can't overlook that. We just can't. And being this is the first night of of, of Black History Month, and I wanted to start with Hattie McDaniel. Hattie McDaniel had a long career, long career. She started out in radio. She sang. 
Then she did stage. And then she did films. And I mean, and yeah, she's the first. That That's, you know, that's that's really a tough thing to be the first of anything. And she was born, Hattie McDaniel, June 10th, 1893 in Wichita, Kansas. And died October 26, 1952, age 59 in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. I mean, this career, she was in an early minstrel show. After the stock market crash in 1929, McDaniel could only find work as a washroom attendant at Sam Pick's Club Madrid near Milwaukee. Despite the owner's reluctance to let her perform, she was eventually allowed to take the stage and soon became a regular performer. In 1931, McDaniel moved to Los Angeles to join her brother Sam and sisters Etta and Orlina. When she could not get film work, she took jobs as maids or a cook. Sam was working at KNX radio program, the optimistic do nut hour, and was able to get his sister a spot. She performed on the radio program as Hit Hat Hattie, a bossy maid who often forgets her place. Her show became popular, but her salary was so low she could, had to keep working as a maid. She made her first film appearance in the Golden West in 1932 in which she played a maid. Her second appearance came in the highly successful Mae West film, I'm No Angel, in which she played one of the maids with whom West camped it up backstage. She received several other uncredited film roles in the early 1930s, often singing in the choruses. In 1934, McDaniel joined the Screen Actors Guild. She became... she began to attract attention and landed larger film roles, which began to win her screen credits. Fox Film Corporation put her under contract to appear in The Little Colonel, 1935, with Shirley Temple, Bilbo Jangles, Robinson, and Lionel Barrymore. Judge Priest, directed by John Ford and starring Will Rogers, was the first film in which she played a major role. She had a leading part in the film and demonstrated her singing talent, including a duet with Rogers. McDaniel and Rogers became friends during filming. In 1935, McDaniel had prominent roles as a slovely maid in Alice Adams, a comic part as Jean Harlow's maid and traveling companion in China Seas. McDaniel's first film with Clark Gable. As a maid, Isabella, in Murder by Television with Bella Lugosi, she appeared in the 1938 film Vivacious Lady, starring James Stewart and Ginger Rogers. McDaniel had a featured role as Queenie in the 1936 film Showboat, starring Alan Jones and Irene Dunn, in which she sang a verse of Can't Help Loving That Man with Dunn. She and Robinson sang I Still Suits Me, written for by Kern and Hammerstein. After Showboat, she had major roles in MGM's Saratoga, starring Gene Harlow and Clark Gable. So this is why Clark Gable liked her. The Shop Woman Angel with Margaret Sullivan and Mad Miss Manton, starring Barbara Stanwyck and Harry Fonda. She had a minor role in the Carol Lombard Frederick March film, Nothing Sacred, in which she played the wife of a shoeshine man, Troy Brown, masquerading as a sultan. McDaniel was a friend of many of Hollywood's most popular stars, including Joan Crawford, Tallulah Bankhead, Betty Davis, Shirley Temple, Henry Fonda, Ronald Reagan, Olivia de Havilland, and Clark Gable. 
She started with de Havilland and Gable in Gone with the Wind. Around this time, she was criticized by members of the black community for the roles she accepted and for pursuing roles aggressively rather than rocking the Hollywood boat. For example, in The Little Colonel, she played one of the servants longing to return to the Old South, but her portrayal of Malena in RKO's Alice Adams angered white Southern audiences because she stole several scenes from the film's white star, Katherine Hepburn. McDaniel ultimately became best known for playing a sassy, opinionated maid. Ah, gone with the wind. Now, here we go. Ah, the competition to win the part of Mammy in Gone with the Wind was almost as fierce as that of Scarlett O'Hara. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt wrote to the film producer David O. Selznick to ask that her own maid, Elizabeth McDuffie, be given the part. McDaniel did not think she would be chosen because she had earned her reputation as a comic actress. One source claimed that Clark Gable recommended that the role be given to McDaniel. In any case, she went to the audition dressed in the authentic maid's uniform and won the part. Upon hearing of the planned film adaption, the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People, NAACP, fought hard to require the film's producer and director to delete racial epithets from the film, in particular the offensive slur of the N-word, and to alter scenes that might be incendiary and that, in their view, were historically inaccurate, of particular concern a scene of the novel in which a black man attacks Scarlett O'Hara, after which the Ku Klux Klan, with its long history of provoking terror on black communities, is presented as a savior. Throughout the South, black men were being lynched based upon false allegations that harmed white women. That attack scene was altered, and some offensive language was modified, but another epithet, Darkie, remained in the film. And the film's message with respect to slavery remained essentially the same. Cons- consistent with the book, the film's screenplay was referred to as poor whites as white trash, and is ascribed these words equally to characters black and white. Low Grand's Theater on Peach Street in Atlanta, Georgia, was selected at the studio site for the Friday, December 15th, 1939 premiere of Gone with the Wind. Studio head David O. Selznick asked that McDaniel be permitted to attend, but MGM advised him not to because of Georgia's segregation laws. Clark Gable threatened to boycott the Atlanta premiere unless McDaniel was allowed to attend, but McDaniel convinced him to attend anyway. Uh, yep. Oh, my God. For her performance as the house servant who repeatedly scolds her own owner. I hate that. She's really her own daughter. Scarlett and Rhett Butler. McDaniel won the 1939 Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. The first black actor have been nominated and win an Oscar. I loved Mammy, McDaniel said when speaking to the white press about the character. I think I understood her because my own grandmother worked on a plantation, not unlike Tara. Her role in Gone with the Wind had alarmed some whites in the South. There were complaints that in the film she had been too familiar with her white owners. At least one writer pointed out that McDaniel's character did not significantly depart from Mammy's persona in Margaret Mitchell's novel, and that it, both the film and the book, the much younger Scarlet speaks to Mammy in ways that would be deemed inappropriate for a southern teenager of that era to speak to a much older white person, and neither the book nor the film hints of the existence of Mammy's own children, dead or alive. 
her own family dead or alive, a real name, or her desires to have anything other than a life of Tara, serving on a slave plantation. Moreover, while Mammy scolds the younger Scarlet, she never crosses Miss O'Hara, the more senior white woman in the house. Some critics felt that McDaniel not only accepted the roles, but also in her statements to the press um, in Hollywood stereotypes provided fuel for critics for those who were fighting for black civil rights. Later, when McDaniel tried to take her Mammy character on the row, black audiences did not prove receptive. While many black people were happy over McDaniel's personal victory, they also viewed it as bittersweet. They believed Gone with the Wind celebrated the slave system and condemned the forces that destroyed it. For them, the unique accolade McDaniel had won suggested that not only not only those who did not protest Hollywood's systemic use of the racial stereotypes could find work and success there. The 12th Academy Awards took place at the Coconut Grove restaurant of the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. It was preceded by a banquet in the same room. Luella Parsons, an American gossip columnist, wrote about the Oscar night. February 29, 1940. Hattie McDaniel earned the gold Oscar by her fine performance of Mammy and Gone with the Wind. You had seen her face, she walked up the platform and took the gold trophy. You could have had to choke in your own voice that all of us had when Matt had a hair trimmed with Gardenia's face and dress up the Queen's taste, accepted the honor, one of the finest speeches ever given on the Academy floor. Oh my goodness. McDaniel received a plaque-style Oscar, a type award that all Best Supporting Actors and Actresses at the time got. She and her escort were required to sit in a segregated table for two as far to the wall of the room. Her white agent, William McKenjo, sat at the same table. The hotel had a strict no-blacks policy, but allowed McDaniel in as a favor. The discrimination continued after the award ceremony, as well as her white co-stars went to a no-blacks club where McDaniel was also denied entry. Another black woman did not win an Oscar again for 50 years, with Whoopi Goldberg winning for Best Supporting Actress for her role in Ghost. Weeks prior to McDaniel winning her Oscar, there was even more controversy. David Selznick, the producer of Gone with the Wind, admitted the faces of all the black actors on the posters advertising the movie in the South. None of the black cast mer- uh, cast members were allowed to attend the premiere of the film. Gone with the Wind won eight Academy Awards. It was later named by the Film Institute, American Film Institute, as the four among the top 100 films of all time. Yep. Hmm. Hattie McDaniel had a very long career. She is buried. Where is she buried? Ah, here we go. McDaniel had wished to be buried in Hollywood Cemetery, which had, however, had a whites-only policy at the time. She was buried instead in Rossdale Cemetery, her second choice. In 1999, Hollywood Cemetery offered to have McDaniel reinterpreted there, but after her family declined the offer, the cemetery erected a centograph, now one of the Hollywood's most popular tourist attractions, overlooking its lake. Had McDaniel's last will and testament of December 1951 bequeathed her Oscar to the Univers- Howard University, where she had been honored by the students with a luncheon after she had won her Oscar. At the time of her death, McDaniel had would have had few options. 
very few white institutions in that day preserved black history. Historical black colleges have been very been there where such artif- artifacts were placed. Despite evidence, McDaniel had earned an excellent income as an actress. Her final estate was less than that of $10,000. The IRS claimed the estate owed more than 11000 in taxes. In the end, the probate court ordered all the proof of property, including her Oscar, sold to pay off creditors. Years later, the Oscar turned up where McDaniel wanted it to be, Howard University, where according to reports, it was displayed in a glass case in the university drama department. However, it appears to have gone missing from Howard in the 1960s or 70s and has never been recovered. Now that's sad. Adam McDaniel has a star on the Walk of Fame for radio. Oh my goodness, what a what a long, long career. She is beloved, she's remembered, she is respected, and finally held in esteem. So tonight, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I celebrate Miss Hattie McDaniel, Unpleasant Dreams. <laughs>